The following podcast contains true stories of sex, kink, gender, or body image. Thanks for being a consenting adult, because here we go. All of my life, I've never fit, but I won't complain and I won't quit. I am enormous, get used to it. Everyone tells me I'm too much. Maybe it's just you're not enough for me. Can't you see? I'm the kind of woman I'm supposed to be. Hi there, and welcome to the Body Storytelling Podcast. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Delatour, and this week we have a story from premier voiceover artist and the voice of Flint from G.I. Joe, Bill Ratner. Well, it's our last Body Storytelling Podcast of the year, and I've had a lot of people contact me lately who've just found the podcast and just think it's incredibly cool, and they wanted to know how I became this person and how I started doing this. And it's been, I mean, have I really ever told you start to finish how I got to be this person? How this became my life's passion? I'm gonna give you a little bit of a content warning because there is something a bit upsetting, but it's part of the story. And when you tell your story, you put it all in, right? So hi, (laughs) I'm Dixie. I'm about to go on tour to celebrate 17 years. And this was not my life's ambition. I grew up in the South and uh, I loved to sit around while all the other kids would go running around. I'd sit there and I'd listen to stories. I mean, Southerners tell stories. They may swap out and you play the banjo and I play the dobro, but they tell stories. And I love to sit there and listen to them. They weren't the most interesting stories, but It just kind of transported me to another time and another place. And growing up Southern, you know, bad things happen to you. And as a kid, one of those bad things happened to me. I had been this loud, boisterous kid, and suddenly I was completely shut down for two years. (laughs) And one day, my favorite aunt came to visit, and she asked me about the people there on the creek. How's things on Goose Creek? How are the Leverns? How are the Hartburgers? How are the oranges? And I finally got up the nerve to tell her something bad had happened to me. And she asked and I told her and yes, I'm being vague. I don't want to trigger you. And when I told her, she said, don't feel special. He did that to all of us. And that's kind of when it occurred to me that if you share your story, you keep people safe. Believe me, it didn't start back then. It took a lifetime to come to that realization. But that was the kernel right there. The kernel of the idea. When I moved to San Francisco, (laughs) I moved from the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia to Atlanta. And I'd lived in the South my whole life. So there were certain things about Southern life that I was ready to leave. You know, 
that word, the word we all hate. I can't believe that humans use in a business environment. I would hear that word at work. One day I snapped and went, I don't know where they don't use the N-word, but wherever the fuck it is, I'm moving there. Took me a little while to figure out where that was. I'd always lived in the South. And pretty soon, I ended up moving to San Francisco. And I'd been here a while before somebody said, you seem pretty cool. There's a party I want to invite you to. I don't know how that happened. I just know that suddenly I fell down the rabbit hole. I started traveling through this circuit. I started in the kink world, then I went to the swinger world, then I started going to fetish events. I don't know if you've ever been shrimped at a foot fetish party, but it's pretty awesome. And I eventually found my people among what I called the costumed polyamory crowd. Ethical non-monogamy, polyamory, really great fashion sense. And I became a figurehead at those parties. I started throwing my own parties. And it consumed my life. Now, it wasn't because I was looking to get laid all the time. Really, my favorite thing to do was to work the front door and have somebody come in and say, this is my first sex party. And I would just decide that as soon as my shift was over, I was going to go find them and make their dream come true and keep them safe. I played fairy godmother because somebody brave enough to walk into a situation like that, I wanted to make sure that they walked out with a fantasy come true, not some moment of trauma that meant that they would never try again. And I became known for that. And then one day, somebody invited me to a storytelling event, which was people telling personal stories about Burning Man. And I sat there. I did not think I would like it. I thought it was going to be some lady dressed up like Pocahontas at, you know, the library or something. When I walked in, it was just people telling their own experiences at Burning Man. And some stories were about the art and some were drugs and some were just crazy life experiences that you can only have at Burning Man. And the whole time I sat there and thought, our people need this. The stories I hear at parties are so good, like once in a lifetime stories. Eventually, I put together my first body storytelling and people didn't get it. They really they just went, where are we going to fuck? And I'm like, we're not going to fuck. We're going to tell stories. And they thought that was pretty stupid. But by the end of the evening, they were sold. They were like, this is really cool. And every month they come back. And in those days, it was a get up and tell one kind of thing. You know, I've got one. Nobody ever wanted to follow my stories because my stories were pretty out there. Because when I discovered storytelling, I realized that all those things that I'd done all those crazy internet hookups I'd done were not really so much about the sex. They were about the story. I'd never put that together until I discovered that storytelling event and decided we needed one in our community. If you listen to last week's episode, that's an example of the sort of stuff I would do on the internet. And the amazing thing is it led me to this place where people trust me with their stories, where they come to me and go, I don't have any idea how storytelling works, but I want to do this. They want to get on stage in front of hundreds of people and tell a beautiful, revealing, intimate, a relatable story. And they get a standing ovation for it. I don't know how I got to this point, y'all. I can't believe I'm still doing this all these years later. I feel so lucky 
I can't believe that I'm living my dream and I want to keep doing it. (laughs) And so even though 2023 has been impossible, I'm still here. If I'm any one thing, it is persistent and I'm still trying. I really believe stories keep you safe. I believe that stories make you know that there are other people out there just like you, but they never had the right time and place to share those details about themselves. And all of a sudden you're in a room and people are like, oh, are we being honest? Fuck yeah, me too. And you meet your best friend or you hook up or you meet your life partner or you meet your life partners. And it all happens because everybody was brave enough to walk into that room and do something that was life-changing. Show themselves to the world. Am I deeply committed to any one community, I've been through so many of them. Now, people will sometimes complain to me about a story and I'm like, storytelling is not here's what you should do. Storytelling is that person telling you how they found the thing, the thing they'd always look for, the thing that lights them up. I'm not really that concerned about what that thing is. I just want you to have that because you get one life and I want you to make your dreams come true. I want every second on this earth to be well spent. It's yours. You get to make that decision. I'm not sure that was entirely a history of me and body, but it's a good start. And it was kind of a long Dixie ramble, but I'm wrapping up the year. So I figured I'd put that out there. I kind of like to know how you got to be the person you are too, how you found that thing. Many of y'all found it through body not realizing that there were places like this out there because nobody talked about it. And I'd like to hear that story. And I'd also like to hear your story because who knows? I'm going to get out there. I'm going to be on the road. Maybe you and I'll meet face to face. And I would love it if you'd make an introduction right now. Body storytelling at Gmail. Tell me your story. I mean, after all, it is what I love most in the world. Are you tired of hiding your kinky self from your healthcare professionals? Needleplay Acupuncture was made for the kink leather and LGBTQIA communities. I'm a client of Needleplay's Dr. Marcos, and I'm proud to say he's a member of our community. Dr. Marcos's table is a place where all are safe and welcome, where the stories told by our scene souvenirs are encouraged and our injuries are treated so that we can get back out there and live our dreams. Needleplay specializes in transgender-affirming, kink-aware, and trauma-informed care that is sex and body positive. They offer expertise in transgender care from HRT enhancement to hair growth support, and they have multiple Bay Area locations. You can get treated for back pain, muscle pain, injuries, digestive issues, libido issues, mental health, inflammation, microneedling, and cosmetic acupuncture, and more. We all know that wasn't a golf injury, you know. And you can be honest with Dr. Marcos. It was that heavy flogger you tweaked your shoulder with, wasn't it? And so for a limited time, use the discount code MAYIHAVEANOTHER. It's especially for body storytelling listeners, and you'll get 25% off. An acupuncture certificate is the perfect gift for your dominant, your metamors, or for you. Because you need self-care after all those holiday gatherings. I'm a patient and I can't express how highly I recommend Dr. Marcus's work. 
I saw them recently. I walked in in a lot of pain and an hour later, not only was I feeling better, but I felt like I spent time with a friend who cares about my health. I can finally be me with my healthcare professional, and I want that for you too. You deserve to have your whole self treated because feeling great, playing hard, and having spectacular sex are health goals too. There's a link to Needleplay Acupuncture's site, Instagram, and TikTok in the show notes for this episode. So I'm doing this crazy thing, but it means that you finally get to go to a live body storytelling. I get emails every week from people who tell me this is a dream, that they've always wanted to imagine being in the room with all those open-minded, sex-positive people, just being their true selves and not having to hide from the world. So I am getting in a van and I am driving across the country because I haven't been to the East Coast in a long time and I've landed these big, beautiful venues. All I have to do now is fill them. So I need you to tell everybody you know that body storytelling is on tour. This isn't going to work unless people talk about it. Social media is suppressing me like crazy. So you telling people you know is going to do it. So let me tell you where we're going. We're going to kick off the tour. When I say we, I mean me, and maybe you'll pitch me a story so you'll be on stage. I start in Baltimore on January 19th and 20th. Those are my first two shows. And I've already got rock stars like Milena Lee Williams-Haas and Reed Mahalko and Dirty Lola from Netflix and HBO. And, and I just landed Fat Man D, who's a brilliant jazz musician. After that, big, beautiful venues. I'm going to Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, Nashville, New York City on Valentine's Day. That's my 17th anniversary. That's going to be a really special show. Then Atlanta, Boston, and more to come. You can find links to tickets in the show notes for this episode or under the on tour button at bodystorytelling.com. Don't wait. Buy your tickets soon. And again, tell all your friends. It's the best evening you'll ever spend in your life. I guarantee it. Well, I have a very special story for you this week from a person that I adore and haven't seen in way too long. For the longest time, I used to be monthly in Los Angeles. And one of the very first shows that I did, I got an absolute rock star to tell a story in my lineup. And as I was reviewing stories for the holidays, it occurred to me, I have the perfect New Year's story. So let me tell you about this week's storyteller. Bill Ratner is one of Hollywood's premier voiceover artists and is a published poet, essayist, and fiction writer. He narrates movie trailers for Pixar's Inside Out, Marvel's Ant-Man, The Kid Who Would Become King, Cold Pursuit, The Emoji Movie, The Coen Brothers' Hail Caesar, Will Ferrell's The Campaign, Megamind, Talladega Nights, etc., with commercials for Hyundai, Sprint, Pizza Hut, etc., with promos for CBS TV, NBC TV, ABC TV, Cartoon Network, documentary narrations for Discovery, History Channel, Smithsonian Channel, Disney World, and is the game voice on Mass Effect 1, 2, and 3, and the cartoon voice of Flint from G.I. Joe, and also on Robot Chicken, Community, and Family Guy. One of America's leading storytellers, Bill Ratner is a nine-time winner of the Moth Story Slam and a two-time winner of the Best of the Hollywood Fringe Festival extension for solo performance. 
Bill's spoken word performances can be heard on National Public Radio's Good Food, The Business, and KCRW's Strangers. He has told stories at Comedy Central Stage, National Storytelling Festival, Long Beach Comic Con, G.I. Joe Con, Portland Storytelling Festival, Timpanogos Storytelling Conference, National Storytelling Network Conference, and the Los Angeles Unified School District Classrooms since 1992. You're going to recognize this voice, but you're going to hear it in a way you've never heard before. This storyteller is Bill Ratner. My uh, six-month marriage to my green card wife, Claudine, was over. On uh, Christmas morning at breakfast in my double-wide atop a Topanga mobile home park, she uh, asked me for a divorce. I mean, I wasn't devastated. We were boyfriend and girlfriend, and I'd married her so she could work, and she was a facialist, and she was good at it, and we made the terrible mistake of moving in together. And the truth was, I'd really fallen out of love with her facials anyway. The Swiss have a habit of kind of slapping you around after they put the cream on. <laughs> that afternoon, uh, she flew to London to spend the holidays with her ex-boyfriend, Farid, who, it turns out, had been sending $100 bills stuffed inside the pages of Harlequin romance novels. A pretty expensive ploy to win her back, which worked. <laughs> Christmas Eve, I did the 6 p.m. to midnight shift at a Beverly Hills radio station, KJOI which specialized in what we call beautiful music, which is the kind of thing you hear in the podiatrist's office. Uh, it was on Grizzly Peak Drive, way over uh, cold water. And I get to work, and I ring the security bell, and I take the long drive up, and I park in front of the big old bungalow that is the sales department and the engineering office and the broadcast studio. Christmas Eve in L.A. I'm above the smog line, alone. And I think about Claudine, and I'm not going to miss the hourly phone calls on the music request line. I hate Los Angeles. I'm afraid of the earthquake. And I really hate your double wide. So I string up some Christmas instrumentals, and I go outside, and I stand underneath the antenna tower, and I look at the distant purplish-gray Pacific, and I'm either going to do a salutation to the sun or smoke a Marlboro Light, I haven't decided which. So I put my arms up over my head and I let my spine ease down and my head hanging between my legs and do some deep yogic breathing and the uh, music request line goes off. So I walk back in and I answer it. Hey Joy, can I help you? Hi. Hi, uh, who's this? I know who it is. It's Edith, who's a K-Joy regular who's probably alone on Christmas Eve. So am I. So a song is ending, and I uh, turn the microphone on and pick up an index card. Joy is a Christmas Eve with friends and family and beautiful music. And Joy is FM 99, K-Joy. And I start up some more instrumentals. Was, was, was that you on the radio just now? <clears throat> yeah, that was, that was me. Wow, Merry Christmas. So what can I do for you, Edith? Uh, I think you know. <laughs> Song is ending, so I did another little PSA. And 
come back on the phone. So how are you doing tonight, Edith? Oh, I'm uh, kind of loaded and feeling a little horny. Uh, you sound a little sloshed, Edith. You okay? Oh, yeah. I, I'd be a lot better if you'd come pay me a little visit. And the truth is, I actually did think of my job at KJOY as a service provider. <laughs> it was an opportunity to make people happy. I said, Edith, I'll make you a deal. You stop drinking right now, and I'll come over after my shift. Are you kidding? And then I hear the sound through the phone of Edith hoisting herself to her feet. Is this, this is amazing. It's like call up and order a man. <laughs> this is going to be a drive-by fucking. Not one more drink until I get there, okay? And then there's silence. And I figured she'd hung up. And then I hear the sound of a toilet flushing. I am pouring a fifth of vodka down the shitter, okay? At 12.30 a.m., I arrive at Edith's apartment <laughs> in Panorama City. She answers the door in a very thin negligee. Edith is a large, barefoot, middle-aged woman with dyed red hair and a pinkish round face. Her arms are freckled and thick. Huge, uh, actually. I find her eminently attractive. She curtsies, ushers me in, and to my surprise, she is sober as I requested. She takes my hand and places it upon her ample bosom, her nipple growing like little expanding terry cloth bathtub animals. She goes into her bedroom, takes off her nightgown, and waves me to her. Edith required lubrication, but the only thing I could find in her bathroom was a jar of Vaseline, the old-fashioned kind, gooey, sort of the lube equivalent of molasses. I rub it between my hands, slather it upon us, and Edith and I spend the first hours of that Christmas morning conjoined like a pair of barnyard donkeys. <laughs> Making love with Edith was like having a big Christmas dinner. Maybe a little too soon after lunch, but nonetheless <laughs> satisfying. A couple of days later, I have crabs. I'm not mad at Edith. It was a fabulous Christmas Eve. I go to the CVS. I buy a bottle of Kabbalah Quell. But, but between Christmas and New Year's, I didn't hear from Edith at all. But an hour into my New Year's Eve shift at KJOY, the phone rings. It's Edith, sober. I am delighted to hear from her. We talk about the weather and the music, but it's New Year's Eve, and so I invited her up to the station. Once again, I find myself reaching out through the KJOY music request line to touch my listener. She's shocked. I figured I was going to spend New Year's Eve alone anyway. And an hour later, the security bell goes off. It's Edith in a red Honda Civic and a low-cut Hawaiian muumuu. 
Edith, welcome to KJOY. Holiday hugs. We have four hours until the next announcer is going to arrive for the midnight shift. So without preliminaries, we strip and make love on the sales manager's desk. <laughs> and on the chief engineer's desk right next to the FM transmitter. It is amazing how much heat 50,000 watts of radio power can generate. That and the bottle of Quell are certainly going to kill the crabs. It is now the top of the hour, and my responsibility is to do the station legal ID on the air. So I take Edith into the console room, put her hands on either side of the console with its blinking LEDs and its knobs and its switches, palms down. I gently bend her over into the sound of the Percy Faith Orchestra rendition of We Three Kings. I enter Edith's warm, welcoming, middle-aged body. I pull the microphone toward me, and I turn it on, and we are on the air. Good evening. Welcome to KJOY. K-J-O-I, Los Angeles. From our family to yours, we wish you a very... Happy New Year. And I start another tape of music, and we continue to make love to the sound of Lawrence Welk's sleigh ride. Giddy up, giddy up, giddy up, it's grand, just holding your hand. And before I can turn the microphone off, Edith lets out a loud, braying sigh over the air. Ah! And the beautiful music played on.
possess Were a beautiful mess Time after time I see a girl Love's a stranger Until I see song was Love's a Stranger by Warhouse. This has been the toughest year. I can't believe how hard 2023 was. Live shows just weren't working. So now I'm about to hit the road and I'm going to take the show to cities that tell me they want body. And it's a big gamble, y'all. I mean, my mother just died and this is how I'm spending her life insurance because I don't know what else to do. So Could you support this podcast in some way? You can do it through Venmo, PayPal, Zelle, Cash App, or the easiest way and the best way is Patreon. I'm at patreon.com slash body. And right now I'm offering a special deal for the end of the year. I'm offering 40 plus hours of video of our stories, our songs, 16 full shows, and you get access to it if you support us at the $25 or up level. That could make a huge difference right now. I have no idea what's next. And they say, take a leap and the net will appear. You're the net. Thanks in advance for considering it. And any little bit that you can offer right now is going to keep me on the planet. Thanks. Well, that's the end of our episode for this week. But before you go, could I ask you to subscribe, rate, and especially write us a review for this podcast? So much work goes into podcasting. I have cranked out episodes all year long. And I would love to hear what you think of the Body Storytelling Podcast. Thanks in advance for considering it. And I want to say thank you to the people who've made this podcast possible. Not just this year but for many, many years so far. Thank you to Donald Mooney, David Grossoff, Mosa Maxwell-Smith, Royland James, and podcast producer, especially podcast producer, Roman Den Houdeker, who right now is a digital nomad somewhere in Peru, I think, <laughs> Ecuador. I'm not sure where he is right now. I do know that he just hiked Machu Picchu very recently. So Roman, thank you. Thank you for all you do for this podcast. It sounds great, and that's due to you. I'm sexual folklorist Dixie Della Tour. This has been episode 285 of the Body Storytelling Podcast. Thanks, y'all. And let's hope 2024 is the best year yet. A big, a big love.